Are you getting my point? So I said, what are they learning? All this five hours, you know, you know what I'm talking about now. It made me reason again. I said, poverty is a very terrible thing now. So the work that these 15 men are doing in a week, one machine would do it in a day. That is what they call wealth. What do they call it? That's wealth. For us right now, it's cheaper. It's cheaper for us to hire those 15 men to be digging their lives away. Because one, they're not going to steal during that process. And all the money you will pay 200 of them to dig for one year cannot buy one of those machines. So just give them, it's, it's good for the economy <laughs> that they, they, they are earning some money. But if you look at it as a whole, that's what is called poverty. That is, it will take you so long to dig all over the nation. So God said, are you the light of the world? And you say yes. Say fine. Go and find them a method by which you will need that number of men to dig that amount of ditch in that period of time. So that these same men doing the same amount of work, listen to this, they would dig the same number of men. Instead of digging my street, they would dig the whole of Enugu in the same length of time. You are getting the point I'm making. They would, what you have done is that you have done what? You have created for them what? Wealth. Now, God is saying, as a believer, when I put you in the digging area, you, do, you are not content with just collecting money and going home. Are you getting my point here? You realize that I am the light of this situation. So every day you are standing there and probing. How can they dig better? That's Christianity I'm preaching. How can they dig better? As I last year, I don't know about now, they said Nigeria used to spend 500 and something million dollars a year on medical tourism to India alone. So you're a doctor. It is not let me, let me also practice, buy a house, and start flying. That thing, I'm sorry, it's getting on my nerves now. This reckless flying all over the world that wants to give us small prosperity. You know, that is the new plague we have now. This dollar hit 450, we're not, we're not here. God said, leave them, bank, leave them. I go push them to 1,000, they go cool down. Just they watch me. That's what I mean at the beginning when I say that. You pray for prosperity. But God said, what do you call prosperity? The ability to lavish money anyhow. That's not prosperity. That's not what prosperity is. But if you're a doctor, so you say, look, okay, what can I do? Or how can it be done that this money will stay here? When you're thinking of starting a clinic, it's not about, let me own another clinic and make some money. It is that, no, I have a mission. Ending medical tourism. You see, what God does is to pour. You know, we're talking about a blessing. He now pours a grace upon you. There's something I said earlier. God is not expecting 170 million Nigerians to do this. He's not even expecting 17 million to do it. He's not even expecting 5 million to do it. He's just saying, listen, the special assignment for the people that bear my name is what I'm discussing. They are the ones that will change their attitudes first. They are the light of the world. If the world is going to experience the blessing of God, it starts with them. It starts with them in their attitudes. It starts with them with their mindset. Then it starts manifesting how they do things, how they make choices. You put them in a, in, in a particular area, what they are thinking about is, good, I was talking about medical tourism. This must come to an end. Listen, the value of your currency anywhere in the world is what it reflects when somebody picks it up. If I pick a 100 naira note, and what I see in it is people who import 
refined products, medical tourism, send all their children abroad once they have small money. Are you getting my point? The value will keep dropping. The value will keep dropping. If I pick it and say, oh, this is a country in which they don't import refined products, anything, uh, if anything, they export it, the price is going up. Oh, three of the best hospitals in Africa are there. Oh, that's the value going up. Oh, they have four universities that are world class. They produce the best teachers. They produce the best historians. Listen, you don't, you know, sometimes Nigerians make me laugh. They, they want to do, you don't need to start from the top. Do you get my point? Start from some things that are easy for you first. For example, technology and science are two different things. Attack technology first. Leave science behind. You know what they call science? Let me tell you what science is. Science is somewhere in Europe, they build a large hydron collider for billions of dollars. Most of you are wondering what is large, what is hydron, what are they colliding? The truth is that they create a vacuum, take a few atoms, spin them around a circle of how many kilometers. They'll be running at full speed. When they are going at almost the speed of light, they jam each other. Atoms. Then the atom will now split. They'll now be reading recording and say, oh, we discovered the Higgs boson. And you're like... Where is it the amount of money to discover? What's the Higgs boson? Nothing. It's just something that appears for, if I tell you this, I was going to make you laugh. They appeared for one over 100 million of a second and vanished. Oh. You don't know what those guys are looking for? Then they discovered, hey, they finally found the planet that looks like the Earth. He said, why? It's orbiting around a particular star. Where's the star? The star is 2 million light years away. You could do like this for back. Say, Congratulations for France for back. You could do like this. See, so look at this guy. <laughs> it displeases me personally when Africans want to start like that. Yes. I say, they have an atomic research agency somewhere. What are you doing? You two are looking for a large hydron collider. Your road, your road is colliding with the gutter. You are looking for a large hydron collider. I don't know for my people. <laughs> now, but what's technology? Technology is when you apply already discovered science into practical use. So your mobile phone, that's technology. Your car, that's technology. Are you get my point? You're building a house, you're constructing, you have cranes, that's technology. All right, you start adapting things that have been discovered. You start adapting them to real life. That's technology. Okay? So that, that's just my own. Uh, that, that I just want to bring out. So, and if you check it, Koreans... They're not known for all those kind of the research large hydron something. That's your problem. The guys will make phones and try to drive Apple out of the market. That's it. That's technology. Technology is applying scientific truth into how to improve people's lives. Engineering is technology. Medicine is technology. All right? Science is Albert Einstein. So now I'll be writing things and discovering star that's 300 million light years away. And I said that something is traveling towards the earth. It might collide with the earth. Say, is that so? Say, when? It's in about 15 million years. So let's collide now. Even if Jesus no one come back, we don't call. We will not call him back. Because, uh, the Lord is waiting now. They are, make, they are laughing at us. He said, behold, I come quickly. This is what they come quickly. <laughs> it's true now. <laughs> the Lord is going. <laughs> now, this is what I'm making. So you look at it. If they look at it, say, look, look listen. Three of the best universities in Africa is in this particular country. Look at their technological advancement. When you hold their money, the value is increasing. 
And listen to this. I'm talking about how the true service of God. I said earlier, our job as believers is to demonstrate to people that indeed Jesus died. His death is not a historical fact alone. It is historical, but that's not the only thing about it. It has to be practical. It must be applied in reality today. That's why the definition of faith is in two sides. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. What are the things not seen? Were you there when Jesus died? No, you didn't see it. So by faith we accept it. What is the evidence of things not seen? They said it rose up on the third, third day. You were not there. They said it's seated in heavenly places. You are not there. You didn't see those things. But you accept them by faith. Why? They are true. And Jesus demanded that of Thomas. Thomas said, except I see, I put my hand. Jesus said, listen. Blessed are those who believe these things without seeing them. But there's a part of faith we must never forget. He said, faith is what? The substance of an expectation. What is, it? what is hope? Hope means I have an expectation. Hope does not mean I have a wish. Hope does not mean that, oh, maybe I'm desire. No, there's a difference between hope and desire. There's a word desire in the Bible. But hope is not desire. Hope is what? Expectation. You read the Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament words. It uses the word firm expectation. It has the word firm to it. So if somebody has a firm expectation, say, how do you know? He said, because this happened. The word of God says so. He said, okay, it's by faith. So the knowledge of historical things don't mean much unless they have a practical expectation for today. Are you getting my point? It is that expectation for today that makes those things that are historical true. What do I mean? If I go around saying Jesus died, he rose again from the dead. That's historical. What is the practical expectation? It means even though the doctor says a disease is incurable, I laugh. Are you getting my point? That is what? Expectation. That is that knowledge of historical things must have create an expectation for my life today. That means, listen, like we were saying earlier, we are all in ministry. Not only those who are preaching. That means if I'm doing my business, every day I go to work, I know there are things that we were doing, which is the reason why our business never grew to be big. Which is the reason why we could not employ men in thousands. They may say it's a curse. That curse has something we are doing that's wrong. Doesn't mean it's evil, but does not agree with large productivity. So I said, okay, good. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. I'm redeemed. Because I'm redeemed, I must have what? Expectation. So when I go to work every day, my mind is scanning. Listen to me. Listen, let me tell you something there. This is how I preach. I want to just use as an illustration. God has helped me with a lot of understanding. I read a lot. I've been studying scriptures since 1987. So I've been reading every day. I still read my Bible. I'll still take notes. Thank God for these days that I have um, technology. I can take my notes and it's stored on Holy Tree server and all of that. Thank God for that. But anytime I want to preach, I always ask God for a word that I'm going to preach for that day. If you come to me and you're discussing with me, maybe you need counseling. You are talking 
I'm listening to two people. I'm listening to you. At the same time, I'm constantly praying and scanning in my mind, what does God want me to say to you? I usually, when it hits me, I know it. Why? I'm a preacher. That's ministry as a preacher. You know what I'm saying all these things? To let you know that same mentality is what a redeemed child of God carries into business. You go to work. He said, ah, the problem is that we have a lot of debts that we can't recover. And your mind starts scanning, Lord, what is the method by which I won't have this amount of debt out there that people are owing me? The Holy Spirit says, one, pay your own debts. That's a spiritual one. So he said, okay, good. So instead of how do I chase those who are owing me, I just say, how do I make sure that I don't owe? You sort that one out. Because, okay, yes, now I have outstanding debts outside, 3.6 million. And my business is desperately in need of the money. Then I start praying. I start praying. Sometimes God just says, all you need to do is pray. And then I start waking people up to go and pay you. Other times, I say, look, next time you want to do business, put this, 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 these things down in writing. Do it like this. Wisdom is coming. After a while, you establish that wisdom as a method by which your company runs. And becomes the key to your efficiency. I hope I get my point here. That is faith. I'm redeemed does not mean I go to church alone. I'm redeemed means that what men, what it took 10 men to do, God will give me the method by which only one person will do it as efficiently. A redeemed man, a redeemed woman does not give excuses for being backward. But every day is asking God for wisdom. How can I improve this? That is, faith does not just tell me Jesus died. Come on, that's half of faith. Faith does not, does not just tell me Jesus rose again from the dead. I know, I agree. That's why I'm a believer. But then that's knowledge, that's faith as a substance of things not seen. But what is faith as a substance of things hoped for? What is faith producing for me as expectation? Yes, I believe. What is it creating for me? And God is saying, listen, it's not just for you. Like I said, you want to redeem the whole nation? It's not the 170 million people that will change. No, 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 no. It's not 170 million. It's not even 17 million. Maybe not even 1.7. But those who are called by my name, they must change their ways. They must download wisdom from above. They must go out and establish that. And listen, what marks out people as believers? Let me, quickly, let me explain this again. It's not that they go further in heaven. It's not that they go to church. No, many people go to church. The first thing that marks out Christians, people as believers. Listen, let me give you an example. So let you know what we're talking about believers. These are practical things. They are very, very practical things. Let us assume now, as an example, somebody starts, okay, oh, very good. I just remember one story now. When Ebola was threatening, you were the one that called me one morning. And they said that, um, I didn't know I was still sleeping, my phone rang. I said, sorry to wake you up. They said Ebola, to prevent Ebola, bathe with salt water. They told him, they said, let me ask somebody who might know. I didn't even know the thing, the thing was out. I, I, just, I just said, nonsense. It's rubbish. I, did it, that is, I didn't think for up to two seconds. I was like, who came up with that kind of joke? 
that you bathe with salt water and drink a bit of it, and Ebola won't catch you. You know, that's all. And I just, I just went to sleep. Now, this is what faith is. If I really believe what I said, will you find me near salt water? If he believes what I said, will he collect salt water? If he said, listen to this, if he said this, listen to this. If he said, mm, let's just be sure. What does that mean? So he now took a bit of salt water and basted with it and drank a bit of it just to cover the basis like they say. What does that tell you? He does not believe anything. He didn't believe what I said. Are you getting my point? What marks out a true believer is that the things he or she claims to believe is affecting how he's making decisions every day. When he's doing business, you'll know something's like that is something's up. They'll say, let's do like let's do like they say, no, that's not necessary. Why? Look, God in his due season, he will take that one, he will take care of that. And he's not just joking, he's convinced and he's taking those actions. I'll give you a very practical example. I say it all the time. Listen, I mean it. If you like, okay, those days, hopefully they're not too past here, but it looks like they are past. Let's say my wife is pregnant now and she wants to deliver. And now that's her free ticket. Go and born in America. You know she's not going to answer you. She's not going to answer you. She's not going to answer you for anything. Is there anything wrong with it? No, please, please get me right. Get, get, get what I'm say. I want you to understand me. The reason is because the motive many people have I have never had it. I am so persuaded that what my children need is a blessing that I impact upon them by prophecy and laying on of hands. And then I teach them how to do righteousness and justice. I hope you are getting my point. I am so convinced of it. And I'm not joking about what I'm about to say. I told everybody then, and I still say it today, and I've said it in my son's hearing. I said, if Dangote comes up now and say, Pastor Banky, God bless you for the work of God you are doing. The Lord laid upon my heart to pay a full scholarship for your son to go to Harvard. I am not lying. First degree. I won't take it. I'll tell him, say, may the Lord bless you for your good heart. When we need the money, we'll let you know. Is Harvard bad? No. Please get my point. It's a good school. I hope it is. All right? <laughs> I want to assume it's a good school. Why am I not jumping at it? It's simply because I don't know the advantage it will confer upon my son. That we are to weigh the disadvantages of me sending him off to a godless environment at that age. I can't find the advantage. We'll talk later when he wants to start postgraduate. I'm not saying it's bad. Maybe as a man, when I say, yes, you are not ready to be shot off as arrows. No, you can go anywhere. I can send you to Solomon and Gomorrah, but I won't be afraid. But right now, no, you never reach. You have not yet graduated to the level where I can let you go. Now, why am I talking about this? It's simply because the value you claim you are bringing in, I can see it. Not because it is bad, but because I understand that what he really needs is righteousness and justice and a blessing. I will tell him, Alaji, you that wants to give the scholarship, where's your harvest certificate? 
Where is it? You got this far without it. Don't worry. He will get beyond this level without it also. And don't forget. You talk about Harvard, Harvard. Harvard, Harvard people study other people. Mike Murdoch said it once. The America is a subject in Harvard. She did not go to college. Maybe she went, I don't know. But she was a business person. Henry Ford is a subject in Harvard. To study their business methods. I'm going to explain something here. What marks us out as believers? It's not that we go to church. It's our value system. And the choices we make because of the value system. The way we, the way we look at our lives. You are doing business. You know, look, this business is not about making money. I'm not here to compete with anybody on who is the richest man in the world. Who is the richest black man in Africa or in the whole world. That's not my reason. My reason is that, listen, I am the light of the world. I must shine light into this particular area. My focus every day is how much light am I shining. I'm talking to people who work with me in the office, as a, maybe as an, an employer. We're having issues in business. Okay, how do we handle this? They say, we can do this way. We can talk to this man and beg this man and say this portion to him. And I say, but that does not give our God any glory. I hope you're getting my point. He said, but we said that the way this man does business is ungodly. Why do we want to now bring him into our business now because we are in distress? We are saying that our God is not able. Remember, we discussed the fact that God is called, was called the God of Isaac, the fear of Isaac. I said, listen, there's a God I fear. So I don't make such business decisions. I was listening to, reading this man the other day. Strive, Masiwa. He said he had a major dispute with one particular company. So they went for arbitration. And among the rules of arbitration, you have to do maximum disclosure. That is, all communication between them and that other company must be disclosed. Everything must be kept open for the people to see. Assuming, now, I didn't give figures, but assuming they were claiming that those guys breached contracts, and those guys were supposed to pay them like $10 million. So those guys said, no lie, we are not going to pay. So those men presented their papers, they presented their own, and they were going for meetings and all of that, for the proceedings. He said one day he got to work, and his men showed him a bundle of emails that if they tendered, the judgment will go against them. Strive, Econet. He said he looked at the emails. Now, listen, maybe, now he felt he was right, but maybe the other people had hidden some things that's not making the case so clear. But if he presented these emails, he couldn't prove the other guys were hiding anything. But if he presented these emails, he's lost the case. So he sat out with his men, what do we do? They agonized over it. Finally, he made a decision. He told the lawyer, present everything. What will we lose? If I perish, I perish. What's most important is that I do what is right. So he carried the whole papers and they presented he said, when the other lawyers saw it, the people on the opposing party, they were shocked. Now, these, these papers were supposed to make strive and they couldn't lose the case. But when the other men saw it, they were taken aback. That what? This guy brought these papers. So they asked for like a recess. They went there, talked to each other. After some time, they came back. He said, till today, I don't know what they discussed. They just came, apologized to the panel. And decided that, all right, they are dropping their challenge of the case. 
and they are paying the people all the money they asked for. He said, why they did it till today, I don't know. Maybe they decided that, ah, <laughs> something else is coming up, oh, he does not know. All he knows is that he told his lawyers, this is an indictment against us, but it is the truth. Let's let them have it. And when they allowed them to have it, he was ready to lose this money. Bye-bye. We have lost this case. To his surprise, those guys withdrew their defense. I said, all right, they asked for $10 million. I don't know exactly. figure. They didn't give figures. I'm just the one putting $10 million just to be able to illustrate. He said, they asked for this money. Give it to them. Why they did it? By the time he was writing that blog, he said he did not understand. But he stuck by what he knew to be right. That's what marks us Christians. It's not we go to church. That's what I keep on saying. It's not we go to church. It's not we go to church. In church, we go to learn what to do in practical terms outside. What marks whether we are believers or not is how that is. And listen, these things, like I said on Tuesday, when we're looking at the book of Colossians, chapter 3, that Paul said, focus your eyes on the things that are above. It's It's where our eyes are focused on that decides how we make decisions every day. It's as we make those decisions that we are bringing light. That's my emphasis for today. Listen to me. The whole world lies under the power of darkness. Darkness is upon the surface of the deep. Our nation today, let's get practical. Please, sometimes I try not to talk too much about Nigeria because people listen to us from everywhere. But maybe they will take lessons from our country. Alright? Our nation today, darkness is everywhere. The major problem we have today in Nigeria, alright, is the fact that the church is not shining enough light. There was a man the other day, he's campaigning to be governor in a particular state, not too far from here. And they bragged about the fact that he's a pastor. And I lifted my voice and I begged God to make sure he loses that election. They are disgracing us everywhere. And they are supposed to be the ones representing what the church represents. Listen to me. That is a problem as a nation. Because darkness, let me say this, say it like this, is normal with us. With all this noise you are making, I hope you know we are one of the best African countries. Oh, I hope you know. Oh, they abuse Nigeria every day. Go, <laughs> go to Congo. <laughs> Kabila. <laughs> go and meet Joseph Kabila. That country is bigger than Nigeria. I hope you know. Oh, they have a huge landmass. Their landmass is massive. They are not as big as population as Nigeria, but the landmass is frightening. Believe me, if you have natural resources, they get too. But spiritual resources, <laughs> let me not say anything more than that. Look, all these things I'm making, we are one of the best. African countries, that is black Africa. We are one of the best. They say that Nigeria's bad generator. They think because we don't have light. It's because we have money. There are people who don't have light. They are in darkness. Ogusho, lantern, that they use every day. When they see a Nigerian, they treat them the way you treat Americans. As those who have gone on mission, you know what I'm talking about. Ah, forget, I love Nigerians. Father God, I worship you. It's effect of light, too. So these gods who have preached, we have not preached it well enough, but the little we have preached, it has done some things for us. If we can talk about ourselves like this, you can imagine what your brethren are suffering. That's what I'm going to say. You can imagine what your brethren are suffering. 
The problem, this is where I'm going. Let, let me sit on my message. The problem we actually have is simple. Listen, there is no blessing out there. The land does not have a natural blessing. The race does not have a natural blessing. The people don't have it. They are servants of servants. If white men did not come, the land would be worse than it is today. Let's just get that one clear. What is the hope? What is the way forward? That's my message. The hope is that the church will arise. They are the ones that are downloading blessing. The blessing that is flowing into the continent is flowing through the church. It's flowing through the church. It's not flowing through any other place. They are the ones praying for the land. They are the ones declaring good upon the land. You may see a man like Dangote building refineries. Listen to me. It's not him. There is none good but God. It is a blessing that people have prayed into the land. There are those people, some, some of us have said, listen, God, you have sent us. I told you before, I wasn't born in eastern Nigeria. Then one day the Lord said, in effect, let's summarize it, arise, get down to Enugu and start preaching from there. Once I, re- I thought about it, what is he trying to do? He said, there's a kind, listen, blessing must ooze into a place by virtue of the word of God that's coming into the place. So there's a kind of word I need the place to hear. So that development of the type that they haven't seen before we come. Now you get down there and start talking. When we're coming, people say, ah, hey, you know you're not an evil man. So what difference does it make? Was Joseph an Egyptian? That was my question. We say jokingly in my office, ah, oh God, God don't bless you for this land. I say, yes, I'm a blessed man. I tell them, I say, listen, I came alone. My wife and I just married when we came to town. If we want to pack like Joseph today, you know how many of us go come out? <laughs> Are you getting my point here? People said that, eh, look, if you go down, I said, I said, well, they said that, hey, you will soon run away when you get visa. I said, that's very foolish talk. Between Lagos and Enugu, which one is closer to America? No, that, no, we had those discussions. If I feel swim, not be Atlantic with this. I said, but listen, it is not, listen, it is not about what are you going to get when you get there. It is a good day and go and deposit something. That's the only hope. That's the point I'm making. He said, arise, shine. For your light has come. That is, those who have heard the word of truth, they get up and deliberately go out and start shining. A man, a woman starts doing business. He now understands, listen, I'm not here to make money. That's not the primary thing. I'm here to shine. He enters into a university, starts teaching. So this is my career. I'm not, here to, I'm not here to make a name for myself. I'm here to do what? Shine. He becomes a politician. He understands, listen, listen, listen. We are not here to fight anybody for office. We are here to do what? Shine. God says, listen, my politician, make it a duty. That is, this is your focus. You will sit down, write down your own wisdom for salvation. You will make up your mind. You will never beg anybody. You won't make deals. You can make promises of righteousness. Are you getting my point? What I mean by promise of righteousness? I'm not making deals. I'm not undercutting anybody. I am not begging anybody. You will lose one election. You will lose the next one. Please follow me. 
I'm not saying that God says, once you do that, you start winning all the elections. No. God says, first, let me establish a name concerning righteousness in your life. I don't know what I get the point. So that the day I make you head of state, everybody will know how you got there. Because they will have seen you walk out. They say, just agree to this. And you will say to them, this is not righteous. And if you agree to it, you will have been guaranteed a seat in Senate. You will have been guaranteed that you will be the, the flag bearer for the next gubernatorial election for your party. Which means that your chance of winning, maybe because your party is dominant, is 70%. And you said to them simply, no guys, you don't understand. What you are asking me to agree to is wrong. Say, God will not make you win. No. They remove your name. And that's it. You're gone. Sometimes you fall out of that party entirely. But God said, you don't get what I'm going to do. This is what I'm doing. I want to first establish a name. A good name is better than political office. So when one day, they find out that you have become a governor, you have become the head of one large, one major, maybe you're a minister or something, or you are now actually one day the president, everybody knows without asking you, they say that man did not break any rule of God to get there. And God said, that's all I wanted to do. You know what that, what that means? Listen to this. It means politicians that are coming after you will know that it's not only their method that works. I, ho- I hope you're getting my point here. Suddenly what you are doing is that you have created a new habit of righteousness for the land. Then the land now has hope for good governance. Because what we have, you see men occupying senatorial seats, empty heads, retired drug dealers. You, you know what I'm talking about. Murderers. So Christians now say, ah, this is bad business. A Christian should not be found in politics. God said, no, 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 don't say that. I'm saying, arise, shine. Your light has come. What is your light? Understanding. What is light? Revelation of God's purpose. What is light? Now that you know that you're not alone, there's grace working with you. He said, now that you know all of that, arise and shine. Let me ask you a question. What effort does salt, because he said you are the salt of the earth. I want to use this as an example. What effort does salt put in to become to becoming tasty? None. He's just salty. Because it is salt. What does it take for light to shine? Well, sir, what else can I do if I'm light? Are you getting my point here? The reason why light does not shine is simple. It's not on the lampstand. It's under a bushel. Do you get my point? That's the reason why it's not shining. It's not on the lampstand. It's under a bushel. What am I going to say? That's the problem with many Christians. I remember those days. I gave one illustration on radio when I was teaching. When Dora Kunyele was, when Transparency International took Dora Kunyele, our NAVDAC um, DG that time, in South Korea, they gave her an award, one of those prestigious awards. And I remember I said something. I said, if that woman was in America, she ain't getting no awards. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? Why did she get her award? Simply because she was a place where there was plenty of darkness. And she just said, please, guys. Enough of fake drugs in our markets. And she just went, 
normally. They tried to kill her. One day near Suka, they find that is one of the bullets passed through her scarf. But God kept her. That is, she just decided to do what? Shine. There was no, there was no, there was nothing. She was just being normal. If she was a normal person who would have gone the same way, would never have known the name. No matter how righteous she was, if she had become a professor in one Canadian university, that Transparency International Award would never have come. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. That is, for believers, God is not saying, listen, do anything extraordinary. Just get up, go to where I open doors for you. Do not have this idea of I must make it. Listen, I must build a house before I start ministry. God said, do it, I will break it down just to make a point to you. Yeah, you don't know God frustrates people. I'll see people say that, look, I want to start my business, I will not go into ministry. God said, start now, let's be looking. Start now. Start now, start now. Say, no, when you're in ministry, so that money will be coming from the business. God says, start now. Ten years, he's been trying to build up the business. It has not worked. God says, you're getting older. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ministry you will never start it to. No, I've seen people like that too. They'll be telling me those days, no, ministry, before I go in, I must make sure. I'm... The person I have in mind, God forgive me. I start today. He told me this thing 20 years ago. 20 years. Till now. Nothing. I hope you are getting my point here. Because, listen, I open the door for you. Step in there and just start being your righteous self. Don't be afraid. If you have a call to political ministry, are you getting my point? Don't be afraid. Start. When they are having meetings, I say, now we are going to steal the money. Say, no. Say, leave. Leave. When they say, for, us, for you to be able to contest for this, you say, I, I bought my form. This is my form. You need to see this person and see this person and come to this agreement. I am not doing. Why? Because God is the ruler. He lifts up one, brings down another. I pray to him, if it's my time, I'm going in. When God wants people to fear you, you know the kind of thing he does? Should I tell you? <laughs> one guy will swear, say, you, you will never go anywhere. You will die tomorrow morning. <laughs> so next time, <laughs> next time you come for a meeting, you come for a meeting, Everybody with a shift, you won't know why. <laughs> you will see that like this. You know that two seats beside you empty. On your right, on your left, empty. Guy sits around the rest. And I say, okay, okay, this morning's me that they are talking. He said, first, let's observe a moment's silence for. You say, for who? He didn't hear? No. Chief Susan, so he died yesterday. Eh? Your mind said, he said, I won't go anywhere. He has gone somewhere. <laughs> on the surface, just say, don't laugh. The Bible forbids from laughing. When it happens, say, oh, no, let, let me tell you the truth. When, when that happens to you, two times, every man will fear you that time. The owner say, come for a meeting, say, let us pray. They say, pastor, please pray. <laughs> Just know you have made it. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let me close so we can go. All right, let me close so we can go. What's the point I've made today? Listen to me. For me, the most important thing is for us to know. Turn to your neighbor. Say you. Turn to another person. Say you. Turn to somebody and say you. Turn around. Uh-huh. You are the source of light for this earth. Are you getting my point? Yes. God wants to bless. Ah, let me get practical again. God wants to bless our country. He said you, you will start your own business. 
And you will do it in righteousness. And you will do it with downloaded heavenly wisdom. And because of your heavenly wisdom, progress will come. Then those who are in darkness, they will learn light from what you are doing. And that is the source of progress for any land. Listen to me. The African man has no other blessing to look up to. But that one, which is available only in Christ. That is why we must get up and preach. That's why we must get up and tell the truth. And that's why we must get up and do what? And shine. Let's bow down his and give a little thanks. Let's just give him thanks again today. We have a mission. We have a ministry. Every single one of us. What's our mission? Is so we will shine. So that men who are doing wrong things, because of our presence, they will learn to do that which is right. That's what Christianity is. Shine the light. That light is to tell men what is right to do. God said that until they learn it, they will not do right. And the blessing that's found because Jesus has removed the curse will not be manifested in their lives. So Lord, thank you because you have given me light. Say, a light shine for your own light has come. Darkness may cover the earth. Gross darkness may cover the peoples. But upon you, the light of God, the light of Christ has shone. He said, now you arise and shine. Say, Lord, thank you for the grace to shine. Thank you for light that you have given me. Thank you because I'm no longer walking in darkness. Give him thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. Our Father, we give you thanks. We worship you. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for what you have done for us in Christ. Nobody listening to me, Lord, in this message will die average. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your own ministry will shine forth. Remember, ministry does not mean you are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. You may be. But ministry is anything that God places under your hands for you to do. In that place, you will shine for divine wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Joseph downloaded the wisdom to store grain for Egypt. And he preserved a whole nation from famine. Not a whole nation, two nations. And many more. We know of Egypt and then we know of Israel. And all that people that came from around, one man's wisdom. Your wisdom will cause your environment to develop in the name of Jesus. Amen. Your wisdom will cause your family to prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. Your business will prosper. Amen. Now listen, there is something you will start learning. Let me tell you something. God wants to do something new through your hands. I have one word for you. Be bold. What did I say? Yeah, be bold. That's one word for you. God will do something new through your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. In ministry, God will do something new through your hands in the name of Jesus. Look, we will have had, you know, sometimes eh, I think about it. Thank God for the wisdom that God gave us in Kingdom World Ministries. Because of all our materials are just out there. People are just downloading every day. I realize that if for any reason we have tried to put a price tag on it, it's not as if it's a sin. But there have been a lot of limitations to the advancement of the truth that we are preaching. Listen, there is something that God wants you to learn. Just do it slightly differently. And your ministry will move to another level. Amen. 
your business will move to another level. That wisdom you will receive in the name of Jesus. It will come to you in the dream of the night. You've heard of Kekule's structure for benzene. The man fell asleep. That spiritual manifestation. God will speak to you in your dreams in the name of Jesus. A friend will come to you like um, Jethro came to Moses. And he'll say, that thing you are doing is not good. There was a time I thought I needed money. I was in my friend's office. He just made a statement. And that was God's wisdom that delivered me from what in today's terms will be counted in at least a million, 1.5 million just by a word of wisdom. A friend will come to you and give you wisdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. God will give you wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. This land, you will not be poor. The metal dollar is going for 500 naira. Please don't ever even think about it. Don't worry. If it moves up, if it moves down, it's to your advantage. Amen. Yes, I'm telling you the word of God is to your advantage. Amen. Good will come to you. Amen. You will shine as light. Amen. Because of you, listen, because of you, something great will happen in this land. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can you turn to your neighbor, preach with me to somebody? Just preach to somebody. Okay? Tell the person in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are totally free. You are totally blessed. You are totally forgiven. You are you have been made a blessing. God's light is shining in you. God's light is shining from you. God's light has shone upon you. Tell the person, arise, arise shine. shine. Your, light has come. your light has come. This is the season of your manifestation. This is the of manifestation. Listen, tell the fellow like this. Poverty has been broken. Please let me just say this. Can you give me a few seconds? When I talk about poverty, it's lack of productivity. That's what I mean. It's not about having money. It's about whining and grumbling and complaining and saying the reason why we're not going because the president and I know. That's what I call poverty. Poverty is first a mindset. Are you getting my point? You have prospered in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell that person again, say, poverty has been broken in your life. Broken in your life. You, are you are a blessing. Whatever you put your hands to do, you it, will prosper. it will prosper. Say that one again. Whatever you put your hands to do, it will prosper. Say, put it to do something. It will prosper. Say, God will give you ideas. You will prove to the whole world that there is a blessing in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a time they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? They say, come and see. Tell your, your friend that you're holding here. Say, it is you they will come and see. They will come and see you. From your family, they will come and see you. No matter the name they have called you, they will come and they will see the glory of God. Father, we give you thanks. I bless you with God's blessings. As you go, it is well with you. In your coming out and in your going in, it is well with you. In the name of Jesus. No evil shall befall you and no plague will come near your dwelling place. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, if you are coming for the first time, please look into a piece of paper around you. want to share the grace. I will believe that... Um, we are the deepest of the cults and the highest of the cults. Amen? Amen. 
Yes, that is, we have the mysteries of God with us. The power of the Almighty is working in our lives. We drink blood. If you're a blood drinker, give me a loud amen. amen. Thank you. We drink blood. We also eat flesh. Yes, that's what Jesus said. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, there is no life in you. We eat his flesh. We drink his blood. So we are real flesh eaters and blood drinkers. We are in the cult of Christ. And as part of that, we have incantations. When we open our mouths, the words that come out, they release power. They carry power. They have effect. That's why we use the words we care. That's why we just don't tell somebody to go to hell. He may actually go to hell fire. Are you getting my point? Yes. If we don't like the man, say, please step aside. That's better. You tell him go to hell. The guy is going somewhere bad, my God. All right. The Lord is good. So our words are powerful and we use them with power. Let me just remind you again. When you are going to work, you get to your office, bless your office. You are going into your car. Never call your car this old car. I will soon change it. Look, why are you cursing the car? Somebody may ask me drive it after you. Are you getting my point? Thank God for the car. Enter it. Say, Father, I thank you. I don't have to trek. This car is taking me from one place to another. That's it. Bless your house. Now say, my mates are not living here. Some of your mates are under the bridge. Do you get my point? It's true now. It's true. So thank God for the house. Some of them are in prison. Some of them are sharing 10, 10 in a cell. Are <laughs> you getting my point? So thank God for it. At least the key is with you. The key is with you. There's a roof over it. The sun shall not smite you by day. It means you have a roof over your head. That's what it means. So give God thanks for things. Or that when you pronounce words with thanksgiving, you'll be amazed at the great things that God will do for you under those circumstances. That's a matter of fact. So let's use our words with power. Are we ready? So let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season. As usual, bless somebody beside you. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication. Bless another person. This is your season of fruitfulness and